Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, I'm here, Meyer. I like it. You're there. You're much louder. It's happier. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks, other side of the track, speak easy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on 2400 Sports on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, it doesn't matter. Make sure you rate and subscribe and say hello. Maybe say hello by giving us one of those five-star reviews because you know what? Here on the Rye Bread and Mustard of Mariners podcast, we like those five-star reviews just as much as we like those five tool baseball players, don't we, Hanno? Yeah, love those five-star reviews. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening as well. Yes. Thank you for all of that shiznit. Now, check it out. Uh, We're back today here talking about a weekend that we're going into that there is actually games being played. How does this feel? Yeah. Uh, we're going to be playing our natural rival like we always do every year, the San Diego Padres on Friday, uh, followed up by a game then on Saturday. We're uh, going to be broadcasting on Root Sports, so it's our first look into the uh, 2023 Mariners. You say natural rivals. I don't know if I agree with that. I think uh, Peoria Complex, uh, Peoria Sports Complex uh, rivals, but... Uh, I don't know. Where where's that rivalry come from? I'm just going off of what all the uh, folks, you know, on Root Sports or where else uh, talk about the Mariners. They, I mean, we don't have any other rivals. So because 
uh, we play San Diego in interleague as well as they are our spring training um, compadre. They, you know, we play our compadres. Yeah, exactly. That we uh, share a facility with them. They're called our natural rival rivalry. So, I mean, it's not the Rockies. It's not the Giants. Uh, there's no other American League team near us other than the A's. Uh, so, yeah. May I say something? It's your show. That was the right answer. Uh, how about the Toronto Blue Jays? We came into existence with them. How about the Houston Astros? Hey, they're new in our division. Yeah, they got a couple of titles, but they're new in our division, and we've always been the cellar dwellers pretty much. But anyways, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like we're more like brothers in arms or sisters in arms. Or sisters in arms with the Padres. But what is pretty cool that could possibly happen, that could possibly happen, our first opening spring training game could also be a preview of, you know, knock on wood, a World Series preview between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, we got 162 to go, so I'm not that far ahead yet. Um there's a lot of ball to be played, a lot of things to be figured out in spring training. Yeah, we got what we believe is the uh, roster pretty much set. There's not too many players that are vying for positions. Sure, yeah, Evan White's had some phenomenal at-bats. They've showed uh, in batting practice. Kelnick's figured out his swing. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, early on optimism from this Mariner team, but uh, it really doesn't matter to me until the regular season starts. Absolutely. When you have a team like this that is, you know, raring to go, that is projected to be back in the position that they were last year, meaning, you know, at least a wild card. I mean, if you don't get a wild card or the division, it's a, it's a letdown. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs, especially with the new way they set up the playoffs now. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't care about all the stuff that Divish is posting. Like, oh, my God, this guy's curveball looks insane. This guy, Matt Brash sliders insane. I know people are talking about it. But, listen, nobody's seen a slider or a fastball or a home run or a ball hit a bat or a ball hit the back of the catcher's glove in months. Of course it's going to sound loud. Of course it's going to sound impressive. All the players on the team, if you gave them an individual workout, you would be blown away. But it's about the results when you're playing against other baseball players at a high level in the major leagues when it counts. Yeah, so uh, Scott Service was not asked the question this year, what about the drought? You know, that's been the question the last 20 years. They, uh, you know, got past that last year by getting in the playoffs. I mean, what are you looking forward to all I mean, if the Mariners don't make the postseason this year, it's a massive failure, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, it's a massive failure. When you make the playoffs the year prior and most of your players are in the upswing in their careers, in the beginning of their careers, it's the playoffs. And again, anything can happen in the playoffs, but they need to be playing in October, there needs to be scalpers scalping $500 piece tickets, two home games. We, and you know what else? I, you know what else is a failure? If we don't score one run, 
in a playoff game at home next year. And it's a failure. Yeah, I mean, last year, remember, we struggled quite a bit with the bases loaded. That's going to be a question going into the year. But, um, I mean, if the Mariners the, – the Mariners are in that position this year to exceed and they have those expectations to get farther on – along than what which they had uh, gotten to last year. I mean, they it could have been a disaster. I mean, they went and got 12 games behind first place early on in the season. There you could talk about how if you didn't have that 14 game winning streak that they might have not gotten back into it. I mean, as I go into the season, I, I don't feel the Mariners can get into that hole like they did last year. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they play consistent ball throughout from the beginning of the season here to start off in April. Yes, it, the Mariners have still not shaken away from those streaky shakes, you know, as an organization. It's been an organizational thing, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, I hate to say it, you know, but if they didn't have that big... 14-game winning streak, it could have been a tough go there towards the end. They could have not clinched, you know, with a week to go. Um, It could have been a different story. It could have went sideways if they didn't pull it together. I mean, there's still some questions of consistency from this Mariner club. Right, and you know what else would be a failure? I'm going to call a failure right now. If they don't win the Cactus League right now, then this off season has been a failure. <laughs> no, look, I it's going to be really different though. This this oh. Cactus League. I mean, you've got the Mariners going into maybe, you know, Julio and Tioscar are going to leave after about ten days. They're going to be going on to the uh, down to Florida to play for their home country in the Dominican. You got Matt Brash going to play for Canada. Yeah. Who seems to be our most prized possession as far, if you're reading things, him and, you know, Kelnick have been talked about the most of going like, these are the guys that are going to turn the corner or they're, or Matt Brash is stock is rising and rising. Uh, what is that drive line? People say it's the best slider in the history of baseball, which I think was the dumbest thing to ever say. I think as good and as nasty it is, to say that is stupid and puts a lot of pressure on it, on a guy. Also, I want to see how it plays out in a game, not in a bullpen session. Well, Matt Brash could legitimately be facing Team USA in the WBC um, as well as Matt Brash and Team Canada will be facing the Mariners and the Mariners' spring training roster early on in a spring training game before the WBC actually gets started. I think his slider is amazing. I, when I say it's the dumbest thing for somebody to say is on, on, on two levels. One, we didn't have all these statistics and we didn't have all this technology for players that played in the past. Right. It's a fishing story. It's uh, we got to look at tape. Maybe they got a way to analyze this shit. Maybe I'm wrong. And number two, you've been pitching against some of the Mariners hitters. Uh, uh, you know, let's be honest. Not, it's not murderers row and another level of it. I know I said two levels. I'm going to say three. This might pump this guy up to go, crazy at the WBC. I mean, I don't know the rest of the pitching staff on Team Canada, but he's got to be right up there. I know there are inning restrictions, but 
again, we've talked about, uh, what is his name? Smiley. Did I get it right? Smiley, that Drew, Drew Smiley, pitched the game of his freaking life. Yeah, in the last WBC, he was phenomenal. He was the one that was the ace for the Team USA. And I remember as a Mariners fan being like, wow, we're adding the, oh, he's not playing. <laughs> you know, like he fucked himself up after that first game. Yeah, and I've seen some video, you know, I probably Divish posted, but, uh, you know, Matt Brash was facing Evan White. Evan White has been hurt the last couple of years. He uh, got on top of one of Matt Brash's pitch pitches and drove it, you know, a great hit. But it's still batting practice. It's practice. I am going to quote the the great Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice, man. Practice? Practice? It's great because that's all we've, we've had. I'm just saying don't get so, like, worked up and with – Spring training practices. Don't get too caught up in that. Well, uh, you know, the thing of it was, is was uh, Evan White took him deep. Matt Brash last year in all of his appearances out of the pen never gave up a home run. So in a way, that's impressive. But sure. you're right. It's still practice. It's still early You pitch on. him with a fucking L screen in front of you. Yeah. I mean, it's inner squad. It's live BP. It's pitchers working out of the stretch, working on their game. I mean, it's less than a week of pitchers and catchers reporting. They're still, you know. Yeah, that's why I like this conversation because I think there's the people that are get caught up in too much that happens at spring training. And then there's people that go, this is great. I mean, like, I'm not like, oh, I don't like watching the stuff and I don't care. I just say, you know, don't get your expectations lowered or hired on things that happen at practice on the first week. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka, the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first in your neighborhood to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariner's vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No nose. No funny nose no glasses. Nose. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. It's going to be very intriguing to see. I mean, Jerry DePoto, as we'll talk about later, as you mentioned, uh, the Jerry DePoto show mentioned how impressive that Evan White looked. It's early. That's great. And you know what? I'll talk about it a little bit right now since we're going to get into spring training stuff first right off the bat. Uh, yeah, he mentioned that obviously he's looking good. He's looking impressive. That's great. You know, uh, he could be some depth for Ty France, who we need more in the batter's box than we need at first base. He plays great defense. We've heard a lot lately that he's going to be possibly could play some left field and we've been that's a position that we've been uh stacking many options in yeah it's interesting you talk about evan white in the outfield uh early on i've heard some reports that saying that we're saying that evan white is more of a natural maybe outfielder even though he was a phenomenal first baseman the first year he got called up obviously won a gold glove but he's more natural in that outfield position 
see. So Evan White is more. You're saying Evan and Jerry was saying he's more natural in the outfield than he is at first base. Yeah, I mean he's wow. he's more comfortable. He's a he's a hell of an athlete. He, I believe he actually played some outfield when he was in, back in North Carolina. Well, that's, yeah, in college, he did play left field or center field or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's really hard to believe that, you know, as a gold glove first baseman in the big leagues, I mean, a lot of fans, me included, could, I mean, would be very excited to see Evan White play first base, maybe fill the DH role of Ty France, uh playing dh i mean he's been banged up unfortunately he got hurt there was that throw up the line early on uh, about mid-season last year where ty caught the ball but got hit in the elbow it affected his elbow and then worked his way down to his wrist the same thing happened the year before he struggled i mean it's it's baseball a lot of things can happen a lot of people like myself can you know speculate on what's going on but I mean, it's you're always better to have a player, in my opinion, that can play multiple positions. And if he can play that multiple position, the main thing with Evan White is can he hit? You're right. Can he hit? Uh, it seems like, again, at practice he hits well. Uh, he also, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, has overcome some, you know, tough injuries and um, – we have seen him play at first base, though, and that's honestly the most exciting thing about him, which I'm, it's not a dig. It's like when you can just notice a first baseman, how good of a first baseman you have, that it really sticks out to you like that. It's very rare. Shortstops, you know, they're at such a tough position, but we could just go down a list of how many awesome, physically talented, defensive shortstops we've seen third base, second base, first base, you go, yeah, he was good, or this guy was good, but, like, we haven't seen somebody in a long time just have a dominating gold glove, you know, stranglehold on the gold glove, I should say. And, you know, if this guy could hit 230, 240, you know, give us uh, 18, 19, 20 home runs, you know, drive in about 70, you know, uh, not strike out as much because we already have enough of those guys. I mean, this is a guy who could put in multiple gold gloves. Like his defense is, I mean, it's there. It's You don't have to look for it. You notice, you go, damn, that was a great take. Wow, that was great. No, yeah, that's the thing about it is that uh, Evan White, he can play the position of first base, no doubt. He's proven that. He's won a gold glove, but, you know, being a first baseman, you have to swing the bat, and he hasn't showed that. So, you know, maybe the outfield is a better position for him, not as much pressure. You know, each position has kind of a ranking of as far as the hitting ability. As far as a first baseman, you would like some guy that can, you know, knock it out of the yard, hit for average, hit for power, and he hasn't been that. It hasn't been that. He hasn't. No. It, and he hasn't had a lot of at-bats in the major leagues. Uh, he, the year that he was our starting first baseman was the 2020 COVID season. Then he had the injury in 2021, and we didn't see him last year. So, again, he has uh, less at-bats than Kelnick, Tremel, 
obviously Big Dumper, any of the guys in that that group of people, but he was the first one out of that group of these offensive, or we'll throw Julio on it, sure. Any of these prospects that we heard about coming up the pipeline, he was the first one to come up, and he has the least amount of bats. And let's throw Lewis, let's throw Kyle Lewis in there too, even though he's not on the team anymore. He has the least amount of uh, major league log time, and he, I guess, let's, him and Lewis were about the same time, but you get what I'm going after. No, yeah. I mean, as we know, with the new rules coming out, there's going to be 13 uh, pitchers, so that includes starters, relievers. So that leaves you with nine starters um, and four bench players and if you kind of look at it Evan White is going to be maybe the 26 guy you're looking at also guys like Tommy LaStella who you can maybe come off the bench um maybe um some other guys but to me he he's fighting for that last roster spot and Listen, I think, you know, after hearing what Jerry has said on multiple of the the Jerry DePoto shows on 710, if you don't see Evan White on the Major League opening day roster, don't be surprised. This is somebody that probably needs a little bit more extended work, but it would be great to have somebody that can play one bag and, you know, relieve Ty France. That seemed to be a big thing last year when you know, Carlos Santana was here. No, totally. I mean, and it comes back to where we've talked before, you know, of the George Bells, of the guy that can be able to switch in and out with Ty France, be able to DH. Um, there's a, there is some questions there at first base. Can Ty go 150 games there? Are they going to rotate him in and out at first base with someone else? Is Demo going to switch in between second base going against the uh, lefty for Colton Wong at second base and also giving Ty France some time off? I mean, that's how I see it so far. But a lot of things can happen in the six weeks coming into spring training here. But I agree with you. If there's one thing, you know, everybody – if there's one thing like we've talked about that we can zero in on that's very interesting, it's probably this Evan White thing. The pitching, the bullpen, we all know those are interchangeable parts that you can you know move around a lot, but we don't have a backup first baseman, a true one. Yes, Dylan Moore can play over there, and then you're throwing this guy into the left field you know, category now, which kind of makes you feel like, okay, we're stacking a lot of possibilities out at left field, but guess what? That has just been a position for this organization that hasn't been stable. Not, not just with this regime. No. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the bench, I look, I have a catcher, you know, Tom Murphy. I got two other bench players out of a total of four. So we'll add Haggerty, and Demo. So we have one player left. Is that a Tommy Listella that we uh, signed in the offseason? Is that an Evan White that can slip in at first base, maybe play some outfield? You know, when you give yourself a multiple positions to play, you give yourself a better opportunity to get on the club. Mr. Buner, will you play Pepper with me? 
I can't, son. It's against the rules. How many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, will you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing shapes? I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No pepper? I say yes to pepper. Look, pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper man, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play pepper. You gonna listen to the man? If you outlaw pepper, only outlaws will play pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues, like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free? Why can't I play pepper? Jefferson should have said life, liberty, pepper in the pursuit of happiness, because it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where does this moose stand on the flat tax? Uh, we just signed Cole Calhoun. Does that mean anything? I mean, I'm not... For me, Cole Calhoun is a, is just a guy. He is not a non-roster guy. He's a minor league guy. It means nothing. But that's just how I look at it. It's a numbers game. I agree with you, and I I agree with you more than I disagree with you on on that about Cole Calhoun. Which okay, we've we've went through Evan White. Let's talk about the newest addition to the Mariners. Uh, Cole Calhoun, uh, the Mariner killer, right? 24 home runs against the Mariners, played for the Angels, played for the Rangers. He's definitely shifted the field and changed many games against us. Jerry DePoto knows him from the Angels organization. Uh, I don't think we go out and get him if Tramel doesn't go down with an injury, but you're right. It's a numbers game. It's to back up and give that runway that they're talking about for Kelnick. And it it is kind of coincidental this not and this goes to the baseball gods or whatever. I'm not saying it's I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat here and going conspiracy. But look, Tramel goes down, you get the big article and story on Kelnick, and he's already on easy street, it seems like it. So I like, you know, again, we have, I like it. And again, we have AJ Pollock in there. We also have Cade Marlowe. We also have, you know, Sam Haggerty. And now you got Cole Calhoun, you know, a pro's pro, a gamer. He's on a minor league contract, which means if he doesn't make the team, right, Hannah, we, we still own the rights and he goes down to Tacoma. Yes, possibly. I don't know how his contract works, but maybe he can negotiate or talk, or he has something worked out with the Mariners. If he gets sent down to the minors, he can be outrighted and released so he gets an opportunity to maybe jump on a major league club. So for the casual fan, again, the minor league contracts work as is. You get signed. If you make... The major leagues, you 
rip up that contract now and then you do another one or do you not? You know, I'm not sure to be honest with you how that works out. I believe when they sign him to a minor league deal, it just means nothing is guaranteed. Right. And also if you don't make the roster you the opening day roster it's not like you're outright gone because we saw what billy hamilton last year i saw him at spring train didn't hit much but he had some of the greatest defensive plays i've seen in person in a very long time and i think we kept him around on down in tacoma all all season and that's what a lot of triple a is made up of yeah no billy hamilton it it was similar to maybe what cole calhoun uh his contract is he was outrighted, but it was the same effect where I said that he then had the opportunity to ask or have his release to give him an opportunity to then jump on and sign with another team and, and get on board with a major league team. Right. So going back to Cole Calhoun, obviously Live down in the Los Angeles area. I've seen a lot of Cole Calhoun. Watch a lot of uh, Mariners baseball too. I mean, this guy's name. I mean, he just sounds like a just a a killer. Like he's just he's got a great name, right? Yeah, I mean, Cole Calhoun is you know played with the Angels in the nineties throughout his the nineties. <laughs> excuse me. I, I will, to be fair, the Angels always have a guy that's like Cole Calhoun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for saying the 90s, but in the 2000s, he was a Mariner killer. I mean, at one point, he was hitting a lot of home runs against the Mariners. I don't know the number, but it's probably in the 20s. 24 home runs. Against the Mariners? 24 home runs against the Mariners. I mean, that's up there with some good, good, good baseball players. No. Some Hall of Fame players. I. I hear you, but there is four positions that are up for grabs. You have your backup catcher, that's one. You have Haggerty and more, that's two. You have one more spot. Is that Cole Calhoun? Is that Marlowe? Is that Taylor Trammell? If he gets healthy enough in time, is it Tommy LaStella? So it's they're fighting for one position. And on a team that every game counts, especially when you're chasing a team like the Astros and where you've been last year, which I like because if one of these guys is hot right now, we got to play them. And I understand it's a situation because you got one option with Kelnick, right? So you got to be careful about that. But also, this isn't the Seattle Kelnicks, you know? This is the Seattle Mariners and... I like that we're stacking that position up to going like, hey, you know what? One of these five or six guys is going to do the job. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. It could be an insurance policy, you know, for Kelnick. But I assume that Kelnick's going to be the left fielder along with, I would assume that A.J. Pollock's going to be the D.H. That's how sure. I'm kind of looking at it. But – you know, anything can happen. It's 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 just hard to say how things are going to work out. It just makes sense to me that the way the roster was constructed, what has happened, Taylor Trammell going down, 
Uh, Haggerty, no doubt, he had a great year last year. He could be subbing in for Kelnick. I mean, if Kelnick doesn't, I mean, he has options, so there's a lot of things that could happen. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know, the games are kicking off here today at the release of this recording. We're doing it right here on the eve. Uh, it, it, it's great. It's a great feeling. We're going to hear some balls. We're going to hear some strikes. On Saturday, uh, There's the broadcast is happening, right? So if you're looking for that on what, Root Sports, it's on a, on Saturday at noon? Yeah, I, th- I I don't quite remember the numbers, but I believe Root Sports, out of all these spring training games over the next six weeks, is going to be broadcasting nine games. That's a lot. Yeah, there's going to be one game that's also going to be on more MLB spring, Network. And honestly, that's more spring training games than you need to watch. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a little, I don't know if I'm frustrated or what, but as the Mariners own Root Sports, I would like to see every game on Root Sports. I'm not going to help you out with that. Anyways, uh, check in with us. We'll have some more spring training reports. We're also going to be down there March 7th through the 14th. Uh, You're going to be down there. I'm going to be down there. You'll be here in the studio. uh, You'll be up in the studio. I like it. Anyways, let's move on to uh, our last little topic here on the episode, which is the release. Again, it's, it's, it's argument time. It's debate time. It's the MLB top 100 players as of right now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago or so, we had the MLB top 10 at every position Released right now through the shredder. So we kind of had an idea of what the 100 is, but we're going to get right into that right after this. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back with the, uh, you know, MLB, what is this, MLB Network or MLB.com, Hannah, that put out the 100, I could look it up myself, but I just want to test you right now, the uh, 100 players right now, and this is, this is, like I said prior to this, uh, not too big of a surprise because... A couple of weeks ago, they did each position, the top 10 players at each position. And the Mariners had five. We did an episode assuming... Hold on. Four. No, it was five, assuming we'd have seven. No, there's four in the top 100. Yes, there's... 
Thank you for spoiler alerting that. <laughs> but we have four in the top 100. But prior to this on our other episode where we did top 10, at, where we revealed the top 10 at every position that MLB said, so it was like a reveal of the reveal, there was five people. There was Munoz. There was Luis Castillo. There was Ty France. There was Teoscar Hernandez. And there was Julio. On this new top 100, one of these guys is not on the list. Uh, we'll reveal that right now if you already don't know. If not, if this is like a spoiler alert, you don't want to hear it, you know, go listen to, you know, 710. Go watch MLB.com. Go listen to KJR. I'm sure Locked On's doing it. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, Julio Rodriguez makes it at number 16. Um, then we don't have anybody for a minute and down at number, uh, what is it? 67. We have Luis Castillo. So Luis Castillo was on both lists. Um, and then we got to scroll down and drop down a little bit to find our new guy, our new favorite friend, Teoscar Hernandez. He makes, he, uh, remains on the list Last year, he was at 65. There seems to be some regression, I guess. And he's at number 83. And then at number 89, Ty France. Classified as an infielder. Not a first baseman, but he's on the list. So the odd man out is Andres Munoz. Yeah. You're exactly right. The top 100, uh, the Mariners had four guys in the top 100. Julio was the lowest rated player at number 16. Highest, highest rated. Excuse me, highest rated. Uh, obviously, there was Ty France. He was the highest or lowest rated Mariner at 89, correct? Right. And we also had two other guys. We had Teoscar Hernandez and Luis Casillo, correct? Right, exactly what I'm saying. And one person from the top uh, 10 right now at every position, the only person that you could argue is a snub going off of that list and throwing in this list is Andres Munoz. But I also feel like out of these guys, he's the least known, right? Yes, you're correct. Uh, from what I remember... And what was told to me through the uh, rankings, a World Series champion has never had less than five players in the top 100. I mean, I could I could see that happening. I mean, when when you watch these playoff lineups, which we've seen a lot of them that aren't Mariners, you look at those lineups and go, "Damn, I wish our lineup looked like that. It looks like an All Star team." And a lot of the time, you know, teams have career years out of these players. That's why they're there. That's why they're in that position. They're doing it better than everybody else. Yeah, in the top uh, 2023 20, of the top 100, I would expect guys like George Kirby, Logan Gilbert to crack the top 100 in the 2024 top 100 but they are not there this year it's going to be interesting to see what happens like i said there has been no world series champion 
that has had less than five top players in that category. Sure. I, I could see that. I also feel like these lists are mm, whatever. I'd love to really break down this list when we get done here, which I think you should go do. Just go Google it. Look it up. I'm not sure how many relief pitchers make it, but when I'm scrolling through this thing, I'm seeing a lot of players that are older that are on it, and they have a lot of background on it. And, you know, as far as the Mariners, you know, having uh people in the 100 none of these players except for teoscar hernandez who was not a mariner last year were on this list so i mean as far as the organization and as far as moves i mean this has got to have you know justin and scott and jerry feeling pretty damn good yes the mariners have Four top 100 players. Like you said, T. Oscar, Luis Castillo, Ty France is in the high 80s, and Julio Rodriguez, who is at 16. Um, it's surprising, or not surprising, but it's, it's a way of talking about Bryce Harper, who is at 17 this year, Julio Rodriguez at 16. There's been a lot of talk about that. I mean... Bryce Harper was a stud in the playoffs. What What is your opinion of Bryce Harper over Julio Rodriguez in the playoffs? Bryce Harper hit massive home runs in the playoffs to propel his team into the National League Championship Series well, and get into the World Series. Well, he's injured to start the season, so we're talking about right now. It clearly says in the title, right now. Right. So right now he isn't better than Julio Rodriguez. And guess what? He was on a team that had a better lineup, an overall better team at the end of the year. I'm sorry, Mariners fans. Like, yeah, he was on a better team. So I think that helps out. You know, when you're in a protected lineup, I don't even like the word protected lineup. You just have a lot of better players around where, you know, you're going to see better situations he didn't hit lead off sure i i feel like when you get up in the top 20 players maybe 25 players you can argue i mean otani's number one but look he's the only guy that does everything right so i agree um as far as julio being at 16 and him only playing one year of baseball i think we should be happy as mariners fans and i'm okay with that I'm okay with him being number 16. Do I see him hitting the top 10 next year? Possibly. If he doesn't, does that mean he didn't do enough? No, that's, there's, what, 30 teams? You know, there's teams like Anaheim that have a Mike Trout and have uh, an Otani. You know, you talk about these other teams with the Yankees where they have a couple of these, like, these are the arguably the best players in baseball. So with Julio being at 16, you're arguably already saying he's one of the absolute tip-top best, if not the best player going right now. Discover the defensive training secrets of America's finest baseball school in an exciting videotape. Baseball World's Defensive Drills video features professional scout and instructor Tommy Lansky. 
And the same revolutionary new training techniques that have produced baseball world back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back AAU national championship teams. The defensive drills video vastly improves players' arm strength, running speed, quickness, agility, and infield and outfield defensive skills. Even coaches practice organization. Lou Pavlovich, Jr., editor of Collegiate Baseball Magazine, calls it a masterpiece, the best defensive drill video ever produced. Many professional players are excited about this videotape. Just ask Atlanta Braves superstar Fred McGriff. This is the instructional video that gets results. Baseball World's Defensive Drills video makes a great gift and benefits players of all ages and ability levels. To order your copy for only $29.95, have your credit card ready and call toll-free. 1-800-253-8005. That's 1-800-253-8005. It really worked for me. There's been some talk about Julio possibly being a top 40 for 40 type of player. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Do you see him making that stride do you think he can steal 40 bags can he hit 40 home runs what is your thoughts on that i think he can do both i think he can do both in uh the old rules or these rules it just depends on what kind of game we're playing you know it's a it's a team sport at the end of the day so i mean if if that's what we need him to do i think last year sure he was stealing and making a lot of stealing intents but he also jammed up his wrist um, had some back problems, you know. I feel like those back problems could have been from slamming into the ground. And let's not even forget steal attempts. We're talking about pickoff throws. How many times you got to go back to first and reach out? You know, it's it's not just steal attempts. It's I would love to see a number of how many times. Somebody tried to pick him off and he went back and head first. Maybe that's something that, hey, you're this fast. Yes, you are a help to us on the base pass. We might not need you to steal bases, but we also don't want you to lead off too much because you're going to draw throws. Now you're only drawing two throws. Um, so, yeah, I could see the 40-40 happening. And also, if you're fast, maybe you don't need such a big lead. I don't know. Just a thought. In my opinion, I mean, besides the numbers, I think this is the last time Julio is going to be outside of the top 10. He's a top 10 major league player. Um, Absolutely. I, it's, it's, it's hard to say what kind of numbers he's going to get as far as the stolen bases. Uh, there's been talk that he might not have those stolen bases uh, to protect his health, but it's hard. I mean, is he going to be a 40 home run type of hitter at the leadoff spot? It's hard to say, but as far as stolen bases, I I, I really don't know if the Mariners are going to let him loose and have him try to steal 40 bags. What is your thoughts? We don't know. We don't know. We got to see who makes the roster. We got to see what kind of games we're playing, where, where the offense is really taking off. Um, we might see more hit and runs maybe this year, you know, without the the shift in place. So we got to like to sit here and go, I don't know. I I mean, you could be like, well, the shredder says this, and you can look up numbers on it. Well, that's not what our podcast is about, and that's not the kind of answers I give. I, I got to see how it all plays out, but I could definitely see a lot of running. Um, you know, 
know, statistically now they try to put the best two hitters at one and two. It's, it's, we got, it's a, it's a wait and see, but we got to move on from Julio. We love Julio. We, we don't talk about him a lot anymore. Like last year at this time, he, he was a big conversation because we're like, I think this is the guy. I think this is what's going on. It's good. Sometimes, especially in the off season, if you don't hear about him on our podcast, then it, 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 that's a good thing. Um, moving on, the next guy on the list is Luis Castillo at 67. Seems kind of low considering, go, like I said, I'm not going to go read off the other names on the list. Go check it out. But keep in mind, he wasn't even on the list, which to me kind of feels like crazy because, you know, I was just talking with our bud, Vlad, with our buddy, God, I, almost, I haven't seen him so long. I forgot his name. With our buddy, Vlad Perez, and, you know, he's a Yankees fan, and he was saying that maybe this Montas trade was, like, one of the worst trades in a long time, and they should have got Castillo. And I remember at the time last year, it was kind of a toss-up. Obviously, I wouldn't say complete toss-up. Like, uh, Castillo would be one, and Montas would have been two. Well, we got Castillo. That's great. But like we've mentioned here on the podcast before, I think on the top 10 thing uh, at every position, losing record, which is hard to believe. This is somebody coming into his prime, wasn't on the list before. Uh, Now he's being recognized, and he's another person that we could possibly see or move up, I think, for next year. Uh, Real quick about uh, Castillo. Yeah, Castillo came in in the rankings at 67. Montas is not ranked. He came uh, as kind of the second-tier type of trade. Um, Castillo was looking to be the number one trade ship in the uh, 2022 season. And, you know, Montas had a shoulder problem with uh, Oakland and Oakland – or and. the Yankees traded for him, but uh, Castillo was the top free agent or trade chip in that time, and uh, it was a good trade for the Mariners, in my opinion. I mean, there's a big difference between what Castillo did and what Montas did. Montas went on the uh, 15-day DL. There's a big difference between those two right now. Yeah, and I don't think we've had a Mariner going – through all the Mariner pitchers, that was that devastating as a playoff pitcher. Yes, Randy Johnson pitched some good games. I guess I should take that statement back. There's Randy Johnson, and then there's Luis Castillo and Jamie Moyer. Those are our best three playoff pitchers we've had in our franchise. Uh, He's got the swagger. He belongs there. He's somebody I could see moving up in the list, but also – you know, 67, a uh, really good spot. Then, you know, like I said, we scroll down into the 80s. Hi, this is Tim McCarver. This fall, go to the head of the class with Gabe Kaplan and John Travolta. Welcome back, Cotter, this fall on Channel 17, where it's one hit after another. So we scroll down to Teoscar Hernandez. He's down there at 83. year before, he was at 65. With an off year still hanging in the top 100, we're not going to have much to say about that. I I think we should just 
you know, defer you to our last episode. We love him. We're happy for him. We're excited. But at the same time, it's great to have somebody from another team that we acquired already being recognized as one of the top 100 players. No, I agree with you. Teoscar's a top 100 uh, MLB player. I mean, he shows what he can do in the outfield. I mean, it's an exciting time for the Mariners to see what uh, he can prove to be. I mean, he was outstanding with Toronto. Let's see what he can do for the Mariner club. Yeah, and I'd have to go back to the list from the year before. I'm sure Mitch Haniger was somewhere on here similar, maybe a little bit higher, maybe around Teoscar. But we didn't have to commit. Uh, he obviously lost his arbitration. We're getting him at a good deal on a, uh, uh, on a contract, sorry, contract year. So I'm very happy about this. Um, I think we kind of forget how good he is because he hasn't been in a Mariners uniform. We don't have those memories except from him just, you know, getting a couple taters against us in game two of that Toronto series. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking for him to hit 25 to 30 home runs for us this year. Um, in his contract year, he, uh, like I said, he is in a contract year. It's going to be interesting. I mean, he is the top free agent outfielder for 2024. It's going to be interesting to see if the Mariners do decide to extend him or what happens or if he wants to even uh, be a part of the Mariner family for a couple more years. It's it's a very intriguing uh, thought to see if he's going to be with the Mariners going ahead after this year. I agree. It's that's one of the things. If you go back to our last, if you go back to our last, if you go back to our last episode, or if you scroll down, uh, we actually did a, another chapter episode on Teoscar Hernandez and Colton Wong. Are they the X factors? Are they not? Check that bigger discussion out. And uh, you know, just to close out, who's on the list? Ty France, number eighty nine. I think this is fair. Also, we when we did the top ten at every position. First base was probably one of the, you know, I would say weaker divisions, not to, you know, throw any shade at Ty. Uh, obviously, the last couple of seasons started off like gangbusters, ran into these injuries that he fought through. I think 89 is fair to keep him inside of the top 100. I also feel like well-deserved. Yeah, Ty is a phenomenal hitter. He's showed that throughout the years, especially in the first half. He got injured the last couple of years. Last year, he got nicked up. Uh, there was a play at first base that was thrown up the line. He got hit in the elbow. He had some elbow issues that subsided, but then also some some wrist problems that bothered him. Can he show that he can play a full season? That's going to be really the main question going into this 2023 season. Right, a a full play a full season, where a consistent full season, I would say, because he he has muscled himself back as you've mentioned, and uh, you know we're gonna see, and depth will help that out. Um, anyways, that is the Mariner players that have made that top one hundred. Uh, like we were saying, maybe we could see a Munoz in there next year because he was. Probably the only snub. Obviously, we've talked about Cal Raleigh being a snub. We got Kirby. We got Logan. Um, 
like you were mentioning, Hannah, uh, the World Series teams and the well-respected teams have five, six, seven players on this list. And I don't think the Mariners are far off from having that. And all four of these players were never were never on the list as Mariners representatives. So all of these players that are on this list are, are new, you know, Mariners. You know, Julio, it's his first year. Ty France, been around a couple of years, but now he, he's trending up. Uh, Luis Castillo was not a Mariner, also not on the list. And, and of course, uh, Teoscar Hernandez. So this is... As an organization, especially front office, got to feel good about this. And we're feeling good about this. And spring training is starting today. This is your weekend uh, ready. I I should say, this is your spring training uh, game kickoff edition of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We'll be back, though, a couple times a week. You know, now that we're in spring training, now that things are actually happening, look for our podcast two, maybe three times a week. If you want to get the guessing game out of the way, that's what all about subscribing and following is all about. Follow us on the Odyssey app or subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get in your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. If you got something really strongly worded to say, hit us up at Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast at gmail also if you have any guest ideas or subject topics that you want to pitch that's where you want to hit us up at also check us out on the social medias also if you're new to the podcast and you're like what else on the catalog it's pretty cool go back and check out mariners public address announcer tom hutler's uh episode which i think is really cool he's a really nice guy really cool dude um a friend of the show now. Uh, go check that out. Anyways, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. Hannah, you know what time it is. <laughs> Sound like the horn had a flat tire. Much better. <laughs> it's spring training. You're working it out.